0: We're in part 20 of our first Corinthians series entitled practical faithfulness and I entitled today's message faithful to speak God's message and I merely want to Because I'm going to be talking about tongues and revelation of God and things like that I want to make a couple things clear as we begin Uh, I believe that this as God's word is Tried and true. I believe that it is how we ought to establish our life based upon the principles here I believe that it is God's Word that is living and active As you know, Bridgeway is founded upon the Word of God. I teach the Word of God I'm kind of all wrapped up about the Word of God. It's a big deal to me and to us here at this church I believe that insofar as establishing doctrine this is the foundation. We don't get to have a bunch of other things. No, no new books are being added to it. The canon is closed. And as high of a view as I have of scripture, I also want to make this statement. God is not contained within these passages. The Bible even says of itself that if we were to write down everything Jesus said and did, all the books in the world couldn't contain. But understand. God dwells within here, but he is not contained by the Bible. Uh, we need to understand that even though doctrine is logged in here, it is fleshed out outside of that about how we're going to do it. God doesn't answer all the little questions that we want. He doesn't say all the details. He's still continuing to reveal so much of what he said and how he said it and allowing us to live ...with a fresh, new, exciting look at Jesus all the time. For example, there are some that would say, well, if it's not here in the Bible, you, you can't do it. Well, hold on. That's not how God intended the Bible to be used. For example, we just engaged for 35 minutes in doing something that some denomination churches say... ...because it's not in the Bible, you can't use these instruments. Because the Bible did not prescribe that they're acceptable instruments... Therefore everything you did was bogus. Well, obviously we don't believe that we believe that even though the Bible Talks about music and doesn't necessarily speak of drums or guitars because that was not something they used There is a prescription that we can use Instruments and we can worship the Lord in that way So just know that we have to be very careful and use the Bible for how God designed it and not try to force God into a tiny little construct My point in saying all this is that regardless of the fact that we're going to be talking a lot about the issue of tongues and prophecy today, and we could get sidetracked, the message before you is that we are to be faithful to speak what God gives us. Many of us are not utilizing that. We're not, we're not sharing with our friends. It's a travesty that when our friends are hurting on the other end of the phone, We're not reminding them of what God's word says. We're just trying to say nice stuff to them. There should be in our vocabulary the phrase, dude, you do remember God told us. Why why are we not using that phrase? You don't have to use the word dude. I'm just saying that if (laughs) I say dude a lot Um, that you, you know, that you would be able to say to ladies that you'd say to your girlfriend who's struggling so much with. Does God even love me? That you would say, well, you do remember that it does say, and then be able to share and quote and be able to tell them what did God say. We don't do that a lot, maybe because we fear that people are going to think we're trying to be holy rollers or they're going to think that we are trying to be pompous about something, but. We have been given the word of God to use and encourage and build up one another. And we need to be doing that. And in addition to that, there's also things that God has revealed to us that we need to share with other people. For example, we would say, you know, in my life when I went through suffering, God showed me this. I know this is what the Bible says, but let me put life into that and show you this is what he did for me. We need to be faithful to speak God's message that which he's revealed that which He's revealing that which is continuing to reveal But I want to be very clear. There is not extra doctrinal revelation. There's no freedom For churches or denominations to say I know what the Bible says here I'm going to contradict that because I have a new revelation No, we're not doing that and it's why there's a large chasm between some faiths in the world and christianity but I do not want to say that God has done talking. God has not done talking. This is not all he has to say. He talked a lot. And we're not even reading what he's already said. And we want more. But just know that he's still communicating. The fill in the blank on the sheet in front of you is this. God still has much to say. God still has much to say. A lot of it is nuance as to your life. When you pray, you're, you're craving that he would download and share with you, Lord, what about me? What about my life? How does your word work for me? What do you have to say? Lord, should I move my family to this direction or to this direction? Lord, what do you believe about me? Things like this. I believe that God is still whispering to us. I believe God is still whispering through us. I believe that some of us need to open our mouths a little bit more because God may well give you a message for someone over there. We cannot remain silent. Because people need to hear from Jesus. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's do this. I will have to read, and I'm going to try to slow myself down on this one, because I will have to read at a blinding pace, right? So I'll try to have some emphasis here. But let's go through chapter 14. Long, heavy, um, and somewhat controversial. But that kind of seems to be the Bible. Here we go. Paul speaking to the church of Corinth says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, for he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? If the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who's going to get ready for battle? So with yourselves. If with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? You'll be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I'll be a foreigner to the speaker, the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he doesn't know what you're saying? You may be you may be well saying, what did I, I just lost where I was at? That was awesome. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than in 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. In the law, it is written, quote, by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners. Will I speak to this people? And even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord, end quote. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, But for unbelievers while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers if Therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter Will they not say that you're out of your minds? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he is convicted by all He's called to account by all the secrets of his heart are disclosed and so falling on his face He will worship God and declare that God is really among you What then brothers when you come together each one has a hymn a lesson a revelation a tongue or an interpretation Let all things be done for the building up If any speak in a tongue Let there be only two or or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret But if there is no one to interpret let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to god Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there's anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones that it's reached? If anyone thinks that he's a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. Well, that's easy enough. Somewhat controversial, certainly. So let's dive into that, but we're going to need God's help in doing so. So let's let's pray. Heavenly Father. We do not have the ability to grasp all of that lord. I'm swimming in waters that are over my head And I pray lord that we might Have the scripture illuminated to us Holy spirit, you have said that you're the only one that can show us what it really says We're not interested merely in information. We're interested in the desires of your heart god That we might be able to chase after you be like you Think thoughts like you, love like you, walk like you. So be amongst us, Holy Spirit, convict our hearts, open our minds, and show us what you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am going to put this over here because it's bothering me. All right. All right, so let's zoom back to verse 1 and let's see what God has for us. He begins with a simple phrase, pursue love. And what we talked about last week, if you missed it, was the love chapter. We talked about the type of love that God demands of us and why it's so important. If we have this awesome experience in church where we're going crazy with tongues and it's and we're really fired up for the Lord and we're worshiping and praising and excited, that does not transform community. That's awesome for us. doesn't change anything on the outside. If we want to talk about ultimate maximum impact for the kingdom of God, it's going to be through love. So if there's anything that we must get right, it is the issue of love. So we are to pursue that even more so than any type of flash or any type of experience or any type of, wow, look at me. We are to put love first. So that's, of course, what we are going to try to become excellent at in this church. Pursue love. But it's all right, he said, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Pray for them. Seek them right? Don't go to class for them. That's not a gift. You can go to a class to hone a gift, but you can't go to a class to receive a gift, but understand you're allowed to go after them. How do you go after them? If it is a gift and it's only given by the Holy spirit, then how do you get it? The only way you can get it is to what ask for it. It's all right to earnestly talk to the father and say, father or Holy spirit, can you, can you give me this gift? Because I really seek to love on those that you love. I really want to be a part of building the kingdom of God. You know, it's interesting because there's this one kind of correction phrase in the Bible that always comes up in my mind. You have not because you ask not. And then when you do ask, you want it so you can spend it on yourself. He's going, listen, I'm always examining your motives. Why do you want that gift? What is? Are you really interested in somebody else? Are you really interested in ministering to other people? Or is this really a, God, I just want more confirmation of power in my life so I can feel awesome about myself. Then he's going to go, no, I'm not giving you that gift. Forget you. It's a, that's not how it works. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now prophecy is a big deal to Paul as a matter of fact when he talks about giftings He tends to spin that up at the top and put tongues at the bottom. Why what is prophecy? It's actually far more simple than you might imagine both historically Present I believe and future moving forward prophecy is simply this Speaking on God's behalf. Why what does a prophet do? They talk for God So you go, what is the gift of prophecy? Aren't we all to talk for God? Indeed, we are, but not all of us have the gift to do so. All of us are to share what is in God's word. If you look at the Old Testament prophets, they communicated a lot of just what God wanted the people to know. They helped instruct. They helped train. They did a lot of things. Were they always telling the future? No, they weren't. That is a tiny little part of it. We tend to focus on the Nostradamus, weird, crazy, tell me the future kind of stuff. That is a very small percentage. Why is that even a part of it? Because God wants us to know his heart. So he tells us what he did, he tells us what he's doing, and he tells us what he will do. He always communicates like that. So to him, the future stuff's not any harder than talking about what he used to say. But the majority of the gift of prophecy, the majority of the use of prophecy, the majority of the prophetic office is to tell people what God's word says. Every time I am up here preaching or anyone is teaching in a small group or you are instructing someone else, you are operating in the office of the prophetic. You are sharing what God says. So let's not make it too flashy and fancy and weird. Now, is there some stuff where the Holy Spirit will download and go, hey, I want you to go tell that person over there this? Can he do that? He can tap you on the shoulder and have you do that, even if you don't have the gift. The gift of prophecy is a supernatural enablement that when you do these things, it has extreme impact. For example, lots of people teach the word of God. There are some people that when they teach the word of God, it seems to scream straight into the hearts of people, and they are moved by what they hear. That is the gift of prophecy. Now, people go, Well, it's, it's not around anymore. Hold on. God is still talking, God's not shutting it down. Is he still downloading new doctrine? No, he's not downloading new doctrine, but he's downloading his heart all the time he's downloading thoughts and ideas and i believe that we should probably operate far more in a little bit of that but understand if there's one thing that bridgeway if we're going to talk about spiritual gifts this is one gift we highlight a lot We are very much about the word of God. We are very much about training you up. If you have the gift of prophecy, trust me, you're being invested in so much that it can explode out of your head. In here, if you don't have the gift, you're being trained and trained and trained into the word of God. We equip consistently of all gifts. I feel like at least prophecy is something that we pretty well focus on quite a bit. Paul really likes that one. So I feel good about that says verse 2 it now shifts and he's going to contrast prophecy with tongues for one who speaks in a tongue what what's that what do you mean speaks in a tongue i always speak with my tongue (laughs) speaks in a tongue speaks in a language All you need to know is this, when he's contrasting these two, he's going to go in and we're going to read all the information about tongues and then wrap it up by going, okay, so what is it? How does it work? All these different things. That's kind of how we're going to do this morning. But understand, all you need to know is this, to begin with, the gift of tongues is the supernatural ability to speak a language you do not know. Now, we can argue about whether it's still legit. We can argue about whether it's angelic versus earthly. We can argue about whether or not there's a prayer language versus a outside language. We can talk about all that, and we will. But all you need to know is that the gift of tongues is the supernatural ability to speak a language you don't know. You go, well, what's the point of that? Well, that's what we're gonna get into. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Okay? So which direction are tongues going? Are they horizontal to other people or vertical to God? They're vertical to God. You go, well, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that, Paul. First of all, don't disagree with Paul, he's pretty smart. When they were in Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room and they poured out into the streets, there were men from all different nations that were gathered around for a huge festival. And it says they heard them proclaiming the praises of God in their own language. You go, so the gift of tongues then is to talk to other people in their language. No, it's not. Paul clarifies The purpose and direction is always vertical. Whether or not they can understand you or not is a benefit to them that God allows them to have. Whether there's an interpreter or not, that is something the Holy Spirit will determine. But understand, it is directed heavenward. Therefore, it is my understanding and estimation that what is being done through the gift of tongues primarily is one of two things. Prayer and praise or prayer and worship okay because those are all directed towards God when you pray you don't pray to each other you pray to God when you worship you do not worship horizontally you worship vertically yes so the gift of tongues you go I wonder what they're doing I wonder what that gibberish stuff is all about well largely it is prayers and praise you already know what it's about you just don't know what they're saying For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him. That's why it's weird. Hey, there you go. But he utters mysteries in the spirit. You go, what'd you just say? I don't know. Well, then it's not legit. Well, actually, that's by definition what the gift is. It's weird. I don't know what I'm saying. That's why I'm uttering mysteries in the spirit. That's why it's unusual and why it seems to be a gift. Verse 3, on the other hand, let's contrast usage, right? On the other hand, the one who prophesies, the one who speaks for God, speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. When you speak in a language I understand, and you say, hey, God says this, or God believes this about you, or God wants to convey this, that's helpful to me. When you go off in a blah, 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 blah I'm like, I don't know, dude. I have no idea what you're doing. I'd love to say amen. Don't even know what you said. Right? But when you say something prophetically, when you utilize that gift, I am built up. And ultimately, the spiritual gifts, their primary function is to build up the body of Christ. Prophecy really does that. Tongues only kind of does that. That's why one is at the top of the list and one is at the bottom of the list. It's not that they're not both valuable. They're both gifts of the Holy Spirit. If there was no value to tongues, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have gave it to anybody. Of course it's valuable. But when we talk about the benefit to the corporate body, tongues is the least benefit. Prophecy is the most. That's why he spins it that that way. He said, verse 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. How's that? Well... I don't know when you pray when you worship Is it not your spirit that is connected to god and you're fired up and you're excited and it's encouraging and you're like Yeah, it's me and jesus, right? I mean, that's that's what it's for. That's kind of the point It's how it's designed The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church It's more instructive and directive now, I, I want you all to speak in tongues I want you to read that real quick, because some of us come from really dry denominations. I mean, where we're like, you know, we kind of have this holy dryness, right? Right. And it's, it's more power, right? I don't even understand that. But understand, Paul said, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, here's what's intriguing. Your closing challenge. Guess what it is today? Your closing child on your sheet says, go home and pray for the gift of tongues. Why? You're like, what? What? that's weird. You can't do that. I don't even know it's for today. Whatever. Pray about it. Holy Spirit, you want to give me the gift of tongues? I'll tell you right now. I don't have any stake in the game. I don't have the gift of tongues. I'll tell you that story in a moment. But understand, maybe you do. That's awesome for you. Maybe you got this killer connection with God. It's a wonderful time that's rich for you. Well, that's fantastic for you. Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So you know what? I'm looking at it and going as a pastor. That would be awesome for me too. I wish you all spoke in tongues. That's great. That's great. He said, you go, but Lance, look at the next line. But even more, I wish you all would prophesy. I already told you that's the one thing we are doing well here in this church. I don't think we need more of that. I think we actually need more encouragement in other areas that we shy away from. This is about pushing you out of your comfort zone. It says, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, as far as benefit to the whole, unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. Oh, that just changed everything. If I go off with a right? And somebody's like, What he said was, now all of a sudden everyone's like, Yeah, I believe it. he just said, God is good and be magnified here, and Lord, we're here for you, and he said that, so I'm gonna do an amen to that. Now I'm in. Now I'm part of the conversation. So interpretation shifts it from being merely individual to more helpful corporately. Got it? Alright. No one does. It says, that's okay. We're still going. We're not going to stop just because no one understands. (laughs) Verse six. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation, knowledge, prophecy, or teaching? I love how practical the Bible is. Hey, if I speak in tongues, how does that help you? Totally doesn't because I am not giving you anything, right? If even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? Right? You go up there and you're like, right, and you're just playing, it and everyone's like, oh, dude, you don't have that gift. Stop doing that, right? <laughs> All you're doing is irritating me, right? And then it says, and if a bugle gives an indistinct sound, who's going to get ready for battle, right? Because we know that. You know, that's the one that, yeah. But if you're like, you know, everyone's like, dude, what are we doing? Are we fighting? No, we're going to meal. No, we're getting dressed. We're fighting. All right, you guys, here we go. Let's go fight now, right? You have to the whole idea is everything has to have an order to it Otherwise that we all know we got to know what that sound is I can hear you play that but if i'm not part of the military, I don't know that means to go do this We have to have an understanding So with yourselves if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible How will anyone know what is said? If it's a mystery, we're all clueless You're going to be speaking into the air That's prayers, praise, worship. That's awesome between you and God, but that doesn't exactly benefit me. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. Simply put, tongues are not the best way to minister to people around you. They're kind of lame in that regard, but they're still pretty awesome in terms of engaging with God. So with yourselves... Since you are eager for the manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Some of us have trained ourselves not to want God to move in our midst because we've been disappointed so many times. We've grown up in environments where people continue to pray, you know, Lord, move among us and nothing happens. And we just feel dry inside and we go, you know what? Maybe that's just how we live. Maybe that's just it. Maybe God just doesn't do anything. I mean, maybe it is all intellectual. Maybe we just talk about stuff. Maybe we theorize and, and we try to talk about theology stuff. And maybe that's, maybe that's Christianity. You just try to really live like Jesus. And I mean, is there not an aching in your heart to say, God, move among us? Is there not an aching in your heart to say, God, do something outside of me? Do something that is greater than me. Lord, I don't want to just do what man can stir up. I don't want just what we can strategize and and make up in our own minds. Uh, God, you have gifted us. You have loved on us. You have cared for us. But please let us know that you are with us. Give us indicators, manifestations of your spirit that we might be able to go, look at that right there. That is legit. That is going on. God is among us. I think that's awesome. And they wanted that too. I believe that our world still cries out of going, show me any evidence that God is near me. Just, I mean, I understand that he's far away. I get you keep telling me that he created the world and blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But you know what? All I pray and my my prayers are dry. They're not going past the ceiling. Where is the power of God? Where is he real? All right, do we have to have that? No. But do we crave that? Yes. Why? Because we have a personal relationship with God, not a distant relationship with God. He said, since you're eager for these manifestations of the Spirit, there's nothing wrong with wanting spiritual gifts. But if you're going to really focus and put all your energies on them, how about focusing on the ones that tend to benefit other people? Let's do that. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Dude, that's a combo pack. That's like I can pray, I can speak in tongues, and I can interpret. So I will go, ba da 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 i will go off, and then I'll be like, what I said was. And then you're like, it seems a little odd, because you're like, well, you should have just told me that in the first place. But know this, if it is a gift then the Holy Spirit is firing through two different giftings, he fires through to say, hey, just to let you know, I'm here, I'm communicating through you and so you can all be built up, let me also interpret. That's pretty neat. I don't know a lot of people with the combo pack, but that's pretty neat, right? If you're going to pray for one, you might want that one. All right. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. In other words, you don't know what you're saying. That's the nature of the gift, So you're kind of going, I'm all connected with God. I'm pouring out. I got my heart all in. But yeah, I just, I'm not really tracking on what's happening there. So what am I going to do with that? Well, I'm not going to stop it. I'm not squashing it. I'll pray with my spirit, but I also want to pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I'm also going to sing praise with my mind. I'm not a one trick pony. I don't just do tongues. There's times when I, the majority, I spend time engaging my mind with God, but there's sometimes click it shifts over. And I begin to just engage with God from an emotional connection from a spiritual only connection. He said, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone around you in the position of an outsider Say amen to your thanksgiving because he doesn't know what you're saying You may be giving thanks well enough. I'm not questioning the legitimacy or validity of your gift You may be dead on the problem is I don't know what you're saying You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up Then verse 18. This is crucial. I thank god that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul said Do you ever think of paul as speaking in tongues? I mean, we always think of paul as like the stoic guy, right? He's like the I'm always bent slightly, you know. I'm never really happy, but I you know, I'm powerful. I can do all kinds of stuff. I'm the theologian. He said I speak in tongues more than everybody here. That's pretty awesome. Well, we don't need the emotional stuff. Hold up. Paul did. He enjoyed it. That's awesome. That's great. Nevertheless, in church, when we come together, that's cool that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but when we're together, we're supposed to be focused on each other. When I'm in church, it's not super beneficial. So I'd rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, I, I don't want you to be children in your thinking. We don't get to be immature on all this stuff. We actually need to grasp this. You can be infants. You can be immature and evil. That's cool. But in your thinking, be mature. In the law, it is written, and he quotes a weird passage. Now, Paul always does this. He'll grab something out of the Old Testament, sling it in there, and give it a new meaning. He's quoting out of Isaiah. Listen to this one. By people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. What does that mean? It was given to Isaiah when Israel was about to come under judgment. And they were about to be taken over. And he said, you will know that my judgment has arrived. When people in town start talking in language. Why? Because they're invading you. And you go, well, why would you quote it here? Well, think about the impact of Pentecost. They walk out into the streets and they start speaking in tongues. And everyone's like, I don't really get that. What's going on? He goes, you just got invaded. The Holy Spirit just showed up in town. And guess what? God's judgment is ready. Repent. And that became Peter's message. Repent, every one of you. Your sins have sacrificed Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and come to know him right here, right now. It's not all that different. God has always used foreign languages to indicate certain things. It says, thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. How does that work? Well, tongues are a sign that God is real, but believers already know that God is real. So it's not exactly... That helpful we get it it's not a sign for us it may be a benefit to us but it's not a sign for us unbelievers those that don't believe that god's judgment is coming those languages were a sign they were very clear well prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers but for believers why because prophecy builds you up in the lord you can't build up in something you do not know it is more helpful to believers than unbelievers if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or an unbeliever enters, are they not going to say you're out of your minds? Let's say, now we don't all have the gift of tongues. Paul said not all believers have the gift of tongues, but let's say all of us that had the gift of tongues hang out together. We all speak in tongues all at the same time. Somebody comes in that doesn't know Jesus. What are they going to see? Freak show. What is wrong with you people? I don't understand one thing that you're saying. You're all weird. I have no idea what's happening here. I can't even connect with you because I'm an outsider. So y'all are having fun. I'm going to go ahead and go home now. Because if we're all doing it, there's nothing that allows them to be a part. But if everybody prophesies and everyone's sharing what God has said... Then an unbeliever enters. He's convicted by all, called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and falling on his face, he worships God and declares that God is really among you. This is what is so awesome. Do you know how many people come into this place not knowing Jesus very well or at all? And because of the proclamation of God's word and the way that you're sharing your lives, they come to know Jesus here. That is so awesome. This is the one area that we are excelling in as Bridgeway is the idea that the word is rich among us and people are being convicted by it and being transformed by it. That is awesome. So what's the gift of tongues? Let's talk about that for a moment. Remember, it is the supernatural ability to speak a language you don't know. Why would you do that? Well, partly out of praise and connection and prayer. Are all the things that are going on today in all the churches, are they legitimate tongues? I'm going to suggest to you, no way they're not. Are some of them? I say absolutely they are. I've been around it. I'm super comfortable in that environment. It doesn't bother me at all. I've had tongues around it, but I don't have that gift. Understand, we must be very careful not to let our experience dictate our theology, Oh, man, I don't have to get the gift of tongues. The tongues don't exist. Stop. What? What? Because what, you have everything? Or, man, I speak in tongues. All Christians speak in tongues. Stop. That's not right. The Bible dictates our theology, not our experience. Let me tell you my experience with tongues. So I'm an early teen, right? And I go to a church camp. It's a charismatic camp. And the speaker says, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, come on up to the stage now i'm the little kid i've always been my whole life that if somebody says do you want to be with jesus raise your hand i'm all in I'm always me, 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 right? And I will run up every time because I just want to be wherever Jesus is. If there's something cool with Jesus, I want to be there, right? This whole pride, oh, I'm cool where I'm at. Right, you're cool without Jesus? What? No, you're not. So this whole idea of pride keeping me back, that doesn't fly. So I ran up there, and I had to wait in line. You know, that's super awkward because I'm just like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, All right? I'm like, I'm like, I want to speak, I want to speak, I want to speak, you know, get, get, get out of the way, you know. So... They laid hands on finally got up there and I was like, Yes. Alright, and so they they lay hands and they're like they're like, We're you know, praying for you to speak in tongues. And I was like, Alright, here it comes, here it comes. And they go, Alright, now just open your mouth and let it go and I went. Nothing. And they said, No, 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 just let it flow. I'm like, I'm trying to let it flow. Hold on, dude. Nothing. And they're like, well, just get your tongue going, right? That was a big thing, like a motor, you know, brrr, you know, trying to get the thing going. And they're like, uh, you know, get it, you know, here we go. And I was like, yeah, nothing's there. And then I was like, oh, shoot, what if this doesn't work? Oh, my gosh, I'm on stage. This is awkward, right? Then I realized I'm not going to be allowed off stage until I do this. And I was like, uh-oh. That's when panic sets in. That's when you're a little kid going, I want to get out of here. Right. So I spoke something. I pretty, I spoke something to get off that stage. Right. And I, I had all kinds of stuff coming out. I'm pretty sure the translation was, I want to go home. Right. So I go off the stage and I tried for a year to operate in that. I really, I gave it my all. It was the, I'm going to go in my closet and I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. Right. And it was just like, you know, well, how about this one? And what about, I'm going to try to go this way and, and just let it flow, let it flow. Right. And I was, I was trying to let it flow. There's just something flowing. Right. And ultimately I said, okay, I, I, if I'm working this hard on a gift, I don't, I don't have the gift so just understand i don't have it i'm not trying to say that everybody has it no they don't all have that i have other gifts i don't i don't have that particular gift if you do that's really cool for you um now what about this idea of heavenly language versus is it earthly language you know a lot of people get into this battle here's the point that's a stupid argument here's why doesn't matter the nature of of the gift is you don't know the language whether it's what michael the archangel speaks or it's swahili you don't know the language and no one else knows the language well that's not true because we could have linguists examine are you going to have linguists examine it no you're not right and so what if they do they're going to hear you praise or pray you can do that in english too it's not all that shocking here's the deal do we have to have a language that someone else knows no because if god wants them to interpret He's going to give them the ability to do so anyway, whether it's angelic or earthly. None of that matters. Either they don't know Swahili or they don't know the heavenly language. It doesn't matter. You don't know it. That's the nature of the gift. Unless you have the gift of interpretation, then that actually is a gift. It's not that you know that language. Now, understand, here's the other thing. Let's be very careful on this. You may have the ability to learn languages, That is nice from the Holy Spirit to help you out. It's just not the gift of tongues. Let's call it something else, right? I took four years of Spanish, having a hard time reading the Taco Bell menu. I don't have that gift, right? I don't know what's going on, right? You may have the ability to speak multiple languages because you learned it. That's not the gift of tongues. Tongues is a supernatural ability to do so, all right? But understand, it is not a frenzied state. You do not work yourself up into speaking tongues. You don't have to conjure it and sit there and fight for it. And only when I'm in crazy euphoria am I then going to fire off on that. Now, is there anything about this uncontrollable this or uncontrollable that? Let me be very clear on this. The Bible indicates... That there is nothing that the Holy Spirit's going to give you as a gift that is uncontrollable. That's not going to happen. This uncontrollable laughter, uncontrollable barking like a dog, uncontrollable. That's not from God. Now, is it human? Yeah. You guys, there's, you have to understand the human body. So much of what tongues is, you have to remember there are cultures where you can be raised in and all the people around you speak in tongues, so you're going to do your best and your heart is right, you really mean right, and you're trying, and you're caught up in the emotion of it, and there's peer pressure, and you're doing everything you can, that doesn't mean they're bad. It probably means that their heart is soft. They're doing their best. I mean, they're out there going, man, and some people emotionally need to have a place to fall apart. You know, you go, oh my gosh, all these people, they're falling down the front, and they're just being stupid, and blah, 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 that's not the Holy Spirit. Hold up. Another thing you need to caution on, I don't know what's going on with them, but be very careful of attributing something that the Holy Spirit does to Satan. I think that's referred to as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Be very careful on that. Do not start walking around cocky and arrogant. That's all of the devil. You don't know that. You don't know that. Now, you can say phrases like, man, that doesn't seem biblical to me. Or, man, I don't see any evidence for that. Or, I'm not tracking on that. Or, that doesn't feel comfortable to me. All those are, are fine wonderful phrases to use, but please be careful of saying that's Satan. When in fact, the Holy Spirit may do something that's a little outside of your comfort zone, right? But understand that a lot of times human beings are so wrapped so tight that sometimes they burst into sobbing and they can't stop crying. Why? Because they're human. It doesn't mean it's a supernatural gift. It just means that we're human and we're broken. And we just need to pour out. And here's the other thing. Let's say it's not even a spiritual gift. Let's say that you are going off in some type of gibberish. And we all look and we stand from the outside and we make fun of you and we say that you're not spiritual. Here's probably what is going on. I at least got to give people credit because they're crying out to God and they're praising and worshiping, even if it's in gibberish, because they're not worried about all the right words and getting everything organized emotionally, they're just downloading and they're just going, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what you want, but instead of just stuffing it all and being dry and angry and bitter and holding everything in, that's it. (laughs) All right. I'm supposed to be able to put my arm around you and just go, Hey, praise God. I get it. I get it. You want to cry out to God right on. That's cool. As opposed to sitting back and judging and just going, man you're a joke. Look at you. You're faking it and pushing it, and that's not from Jesus. Whoa, hold up. Why are we so critical and judgmental? That's not nice. Now, if somebody is consistently ramming it down our throats and saying that all believers speak in tongues and all okay, we can resist. We can set a boundary. But let's be kind. The last thing that um, I will share is that... Let us please not go to extremes. You got Corinth, who's all about tongues, all about experience. And then you got the dry. God doesn't do anything crazy. God's not supernatural. God doesn't do that stuff anymore. I don't think either one of those are healthy. And I would suggest to you that as far as Bridgeway stands for me, we're a little on the dry side. And I'm not exactly cool with that either. We need to start sliding and saying, hey, Holy Spirit, are we quenching you? Are we shutting you down? If you wanted to enter into our prayer meetings and start saying, hey, three of you, I'm going to gift with a gift of tongues and we're going to go, no, we don't do that here. Whoa, what? Yeah, we do. We sure we certainly do. Now, do we do them publicly out loud? Do we have them in the middle of service? No, the early church operated much more like small groups and they didn't have a structure. They actually came together and said, what are we doing today? And they would have kind of one leader or guider, and they'd go, Well, everybody has one. You have a hymn, you have a, a revelation, you got a tongue, you got an interpretation. Let's just all. And everybody would come to the table. Take a look at this as we close out. It says, as you move from 26 on down, he said, We have to be orderly. Let's say everybody comes to their small group, and it's, just, it's like a little home meeting, and everybody starts going, No, 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 I got something from God. No, I got something from God. And you're cutting each other off. That's not honoring, that's not respectful. Hey, if we're gonna do that, maybe two at the most three, otherwise we're gonna be here all day. Listen, we'll do it in order, you wait till that dude's done, and if God downloads something to you, hold on, wait your turn, you can handle that. If you're gonna do that with tongues, same thing. Prophecy, same thing. Then, he addresses the women's issue, and you're like, I don't even understand, where did that come from? Like, out of nowhere, women, silence, you know, and, what? What does that have to do with it, right? Because he's talking about order in church, saying we cannot allow chaos to hit. This is very specific to the church in Corinth. Why? Because they were at a crazy time in history where women were trying to break out from underneath a lot of stuff in their society, and they finally found in the church a freedom to do that. And so they would go off ballistically and try to take control, dishonoring the whole society structure, the men and everything else. Remember how he said, when you pray or prophesy, you need to have your head covered. Clearly, he already said they can do things publicly. They're not to be silent, silent. They're just not to be talking up front, usurping authority, trying to say, listen, my man doesn't matter. Forget him. I'm really the one that matter. You're not allowed to disrespect other people. That passage about women being silent was much more about respect issues than anything about whether or not women have value in the church. That's not what it addressed at all. And then he closes with this idea. Hey, some of you guys don't like what I'm sharing with you about this whole we need to bring it under order you know what? I'm an authority. I'm speaking on God's behalf, he said. If you don't like that, you need to take it up with God. So what are we to do with all this? Right? I mean, quick show of hands as we close out. How many of you have been in an environment around tongues? Raise your hand. Okay. So it's the the majority of you. Some of you have not. What are we we supposed to do with that? Are we supposed to super emphasize on tongues? No. Are we supposed to eagerly desire spiritual gifts? Yeah. It's all in the Bible right there. Here's the thing I need you to understand, especially those of you that come from conservative backgrounds. We have an elder board of nine. We have pastors. We have leaders. We have a church full of Bereans who know the Bible backwards and forwards. You're safe here. Nothing's going to go crazy on you. Nobody's going to attack you and assault you with tongues. You need to relax. We're not going to suddenly go ballistic and everything's going to be flash and show. There's none of that. We've never been like that. I've been the pastor here for 15 years. It's not like we're suddenly just going to freak out. But understand this. If something happens in our midst, we have leadership to deal with it. You don't have to worry. You don't have to go, oh my gosh, it's going to get out of control. No, it's not. Now, are we excited and encouraging the Holy Spirit to have freedom here? Yeah. Are we trying to dive into prayer? Are we trying to dive into the presence of God that he would manifest himself here even more? Yes. But are we trying to do something weird and wacky? No. You're safe here. And if you do have these gifts, make sure that you use them within reason. And a lot of them are just you'll hear someone quietly pray behind you and they're praying under their breath and tongues. What you should say is, thanks. What you should say is, that's awesome, bring it. You know, it's interesting because when Pastor Fred and Steve come in and they do that, suddenly we're all cool with it. But if somebody does it that's local, we get nervous. Why is that? Listen, we'll close with this. There's no video. There's no nothing else. There's just a challenge that's going to come on to say, when we go home, say, Dad, what do you want to do? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Do you want something from me? Is there something I can do that brings you glory? Is there a way that maybe we need to grow up and become more mature? Is there a way that our hearts can be ministered to as well as our minds? Lord, is there something that you want to do in our worship time, in our praise time? Is there something that you need us to engage in in our prayer time that is connective with you? God, bring that upon us. Because ultimately, what Bridgeway wants is whatever God wants. That's it. Amen?